This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. A new report says that there is a racial divide that exists in the healthcare industry. And even though hospitals claim to have an open door policy, it appears this may not always be the case, especially when it comes to race. With me this morning to talk about this issue is NMPA senior national correspondent, Stacy Brown. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. And yourself? Doing great, Chris. Always good to talk to you. Likewise. Uh, Stacy, this report indicated segregation among uh, some hospitals that the report says had led to a nine-year life expectancy uh, differential uh, between whites and blacks in one of the con- in one of the counties that they surveyed. Yeah, you know it's that same old song, and just about everything we hear, Chris. Um, we are disproportionately effect- affected by everything, and healthcare, of course, has long been a problem when it comes to um, treating African-Americans, in particular black and brown residents all over. But uh, this report from the um, Lown Institute, which uh, was founded by the uh, Nobel Prize winner, uh, Dr. Bernard Lown, um, it showed the, um, the fact that there are a number of hospitals, and it really zeroed in on two Midwest hospitals, one in the South uh, and one in the South as the most uh, segregated in the nation, um, St. Louis, Detroit, New Orleans, um, black folks find themselves having a hard time um, getting treatment, getting, um, you know, served at these hospitals. They get turned away because they are black, because they are uh, Latino, uh, they might be an immigrant, and they get turned away, whereas in an emergency situation, you are guaranteed care regardless of your your uh, economic status, regardless of whether or not you have coverage. You are guaranteed treatment in America. You're supposed to be anyway, Chris. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Stacey, we often talk about having access to quality health care, which is always a political uh, issue, regardless of where you are in the country. Uh, and this report really reiterates and doubles down the notion that uh, – something that is important when it comes to addressing health disparities. But like you said, you know, regardless of what of the insurance that you have, it seems that uh, this is still the case. And people thought that when we uh, enacted Obamacare, you know, everybody's got, you know, has health insurance or should, or has access to health insurance, that some of these disparities would um, actually start going away because people were getting denied because they didn't have insurance. But this report indicates that it's more about than not just having uh, insurance along the way, and the disparities still exist. Well, without well, question, um, and, and for the listeners, understand they're not going to 
tell you that we can't give you service because you're black, because you're a woman, because you're a Latino. That they will use other lingo. Uh, when you dig deeper into the report, they'll use other, you know, language to say, hey, you know, uh, you might want to go to this hospital because, we, you know, we're behind or, or, or some sort of excuse to get you out of there. And really what it boils down is because you're just not of the right economic status, you're not of the right uh, ethnicity. Uh, but, you know, there are hospitals, Chris, um, on, in this report that says, that shows that they are, you know, inclusive, though. They are, you know, they list a top 10 that are in the, the more inclusive, you know, from Boston Medical Center to Emory University Hospital in Atlanta. Uh, but then, you know, we're talking about those with the most segregated uh, markets. Now we're talking about Louisiana and um, St. Louis and Detroit. And, and, and Atlanta is number 11 on that list. So, um you know, now we have to worry about, well, where are we at if there's an emergency? You know, what city we're in, what state we're in, what hospital is nearby, um, and if that hospital is going to treat me. Right. And that was my next question, Stacey, because I know there are some, uh, you know, places where they appear to be doing um, fairly well across the country, and that was in the report as well. Um, but, you know, those places that are doing well, you know, they always seem to get overshadowed by the places that don't, aren't doing as well. And, you know, some of the cities that you talked about where the disparities really uh, are the most extreme are some where, you know, at first glance you would be like, well, why is that taking place there? You, you know, you talk about a place um, like Detroit, you talk about places like Atlanta, talk about places like St. Louis um, that have some significant African-American populations. Um, but then also when you really start peeling back the layers, it does make sense um, as well because even though they have got – uh, larger black populations, there's still the um, segregation, there's still the dis- discrimination, there's still disparities, there's still um, racial lines as it relates to different parts of the city um, that exist where, you know, black people um, basically congregate and stay, and the resources aren't quite the same throughout the city. Yeah, and and, and again, I just have to emphasize is one of the, um, the doctors um, from the lounge Lown Institute stated, uh, Dr. Vikas uh, Sani, and I hope I pronounced his name right, but Dr. Sani says that hospitals will say their doors are open to everyone and they don't turn anyone away, but that can be misleading. That's a direct quote, Chris. He says if hospitals really want to undo structural racism uh, or structural racism's hold on their communities, they can't be bystanders. They need to act more systemically and with more intention, and we don't see that in a lot of these hospitals. Uh, they're content with the status quo. At least they show that they're uh, content with the status quo. But uh, more to your point, you, you do have um, certain areas where it is inclusive. Um, there are what, and on that top 10 list, there are two in Chicago. And, you know, Chicago has had its share of problems. Um, Gary Indiana is on that list. But Gary Indiana, of course, is, you know, it's, it's a, a predominantly black city. Um, but the surprise could, for many could be the Boston Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts. We know historically Boston hasn't been as inclusive, but it's mentioned as the number one uh, most racially inclusive hospital in America. It happens to be Boston Medical Center uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. So there are options. Uh, we, we really need uh, reports, and in my opinion, Chris, we really need reports like this to really help us to 
to find out because we don't want to be in, a, in an emergency situation and we go to one of these least inclusive hospitals and not get the treatment we need. Right. And, and Stacey, you know, um, how important is it for us, um, particularly us as African-Americans in this country, to, you know, whether we recognize something as being um, possibly discriminatory or not um, or biased, how important is it for us to report those things to the proper um, officials or departments within the city, county, or state? You know, if we, you know, went to a medical uh, medical facility and they told us that, you know, hey, we don't have any beds or, hey, um, you know, you might want to go somewhere else because we've got, you know, we're kind of backed up right now. We're understaffed, mm-hmm. those sort of things, which, you know, like you said, at first glance, you know, when, if you hear that as a patient, you're like, okay, uh, what's the next place where I can go? Because if, if it's going to take them six hours here to see me, I don't know if I necessarily have six hours um, to, to wait to do that or, you know, whatever the excuse is. You know, how mm-hmm. important is that for us once we either, A, wait, you know, wait there and, and, be our, and are hopefully seen, or we go to another facility uh, and get treatment? How important is it for us to go ahead and, and to report those things, even if we think they might be true? Chris, that is an extremely important question you just asked, um, and it's vital to report it. Um, if you have the inkling that is true, and if, or certainly if you know it's, it's true or you feel that it's true that you're being turned away because of your race, because of your ethnicity, because of your woman um, or man, um, you should report it. A lot, lot, oftentimes uh, it's an upsetting situation where, you know, either we're sick or, or – or, or or we're taking someone there that's sick or have some sort of injury, you know, a loved one, and it's frustrating, and we may yell, scream, or argue, or, or uh, hospital personnel at that particular um, medical um, uh, center or hospital. Uh, but it's more important, as you just put it, to report it. You call, call, call um, you know, the, the local medical board or, or let your let, let your uh, city council know or, or, or your state rep or don't let people know, let people in power know. It's important because, you know, it may not, you may say, well, my little complaint, they're not going to uh, respond to it. But it might just be the complaint that breaks the uh, mold. You know, it could have been 10 other complaints before you that they didn't take so serious or, it's just sitting there, and finally, you give another uh, complaint. You give your complaint, and there, and and now you got somebody that says, "Okay, we need to check this out." So it's it's vital. Um, it's never um, a bad idea to report these incidents. It's a great idea, in fact, to report these incidents. I really appreciate that question because people should make sure to report it. Right, and, and Stacey, as you were speaking, it reminded me. I mean, it's it's a different scenario, but it's kind of the same, right? And as it relates to uh, reporting things, and one of the things, you know, this was a few years back, um, and I was involved with a uh, kind of a roundtable discussion with uh, law enforcement officers, and one of the things that they uh, explained um, is one of the reasons why they, you know, you see these disparities in terms of. Um, like traffic stops, for instance, as it relates to white folks over black folks, um, is that if you pull over a black person and they're going to, you know, right there on the scene, they're going to create a a fuss and a stir, right? They're going to be mad. They're going to argue. They're going to say X, Y, and Z. And 
once they leave, you're not most, you know, almost it's almost never that you're going to hear from that person again about anything that happened with that particular incident, right? However, right. if they pull over a, a white person, um, you know, they're a little more cautious and they're always nervous because uh, they said, you know, the white person sit there and say, thank you, officer, no, sir, officer, appreciate, not sure why you pulled me over, um, and be very nice and polite. And then as soon as they leave, they'll either add, hey, a, head right to the precinct or right to their computer to file a complaint or do it within the next, you know, day or two. And the officers are bogged down doing paperwork. Well, I say all that to say same thing. If you're in the healthcare facility um, and you're, you know, creating a storm, like, why can't I be seen? You're yelling, screaming, we need to get uh, some assistance over here. And they send you somewhere else. Nine times out of 10, they know, uh, and they, I'm referring to like the healthcare uh, providers who are, you know, working the front desk or where you're trying to check in or whatever it is. You know, pretty much know that you're that screaming and yelling. Once once you go away, it's going away. But if it's a person of a different race, you know, they more are more likely to file a complaint. So, yeah. And you know that leads into the fact where they get treated with a little bit more respect and courtesy. Um, and those are things that we don't talk about enough as a community and and, and see, but things that are vitally important. Um, and it may not help us per se in our incident at the time, but. And collectively will make a difference moving forward over time. Oh, absolutely. And that's another great point you just made. Um, and, and it's also how, and I, I guess uh, part of what you were saying too, it's true in that it's how we present this. Um, do we, you know, I mentioned being frustrated, um, and sometimes uh, we show that frustration, but um, it's best to try and, and, and convey and, and the most, uh, articulative ways without showing too much, um, you know, frustration uh, to the uh, proper um, officials, authorities, or whoever, um, the situation. And, and you know, go as far as say, listen, to me, this appears to be a, a race situation or a gender mm-hmm. situation. I mean, be specific about that and let them know in a very calm way. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Stacy, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. I want to thank you for bringing this uh, information um, to our community as well. Um, like I said, you know, reports like this are valuable, but it also allows us as a community to have some dialogue um, that takes place uh, both uh, internally within our community and also externally to uh, the greater society as well and say, hey, you know, these are some of the things that we need to um, continue to try and correct. Absolutely. My pleasure, Chris.